you are about to experience a powerful and life-changing message. We expect God's Word to accomplish in your life the very thing that He set it out to do. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So we're going to look again to verse 1. Seeing that we have a, have a, a great company that compasses us or surrounds us, a great company or a cloud of witnesses. Now, if you uh, look at the context or the setting of this particular verse, of course, uh, chapter 12 comes behind chapter 11. Chapter 11 is a description of all of the heroes of faith, people of faith uh, in the Bible uh, that did things or accomplished things or uh, walked by faith. And so, each time when it talks about them, it says, by faith, they did this. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did this. And so this hall of faith is there described throughout the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And then uh, you see in the latter part of the chapter, verse 40, God having provided some better thing for us, that they, speaking of all of these heroes of faith, without us should not be made perfect. Then he goes into chapter 12, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, there is a cloud of witnesses of people who have gone on to heaven before us. People that we know live by faith. We uh, have confidence that they walked with God and they served God and they are in the presence of God. And they are there as a cloud of witnesses that are actually cheering us on. In other words, we finished our race down there. We are up here in heaven, but we want you to finish your race, and we want you to run it, and we want you to run it well. And they're cheering us on. They're kind of in the grandstands of heaven saying, you can do this. You can fulfill the will of God. You can follow the plan of God. You can serve God, and you can see the goodness of God in your life, and you can spend your eternity in the presence of God. So they... Without us, it says, should not be made perfect. So that is our destiny as well, that we're going to heaven, we're going to spend our eternity there, and we're going to join that great cloud of witnesses in heaven. But until then, what do we do? He says, we are to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us or hinder us. So he says, lay aside every weight and the sin that besets, uh, besets us or hinders us from running our race with patience. So if we're going to run our race with patience, or that word patience has to do with endurance, if we're going to run our race with patience or endurance, then we're going to have to lay aside some things. 
He says, first of all, lay aside the weights. Weights are not necessarily sins. They're just things that hinder us from running. Hinder us because uh, they are distractions. They are things that are extra baggage, if you will. They're things that uh, our eyes may be set on or our hearts may be set on or things that we uh, have our attention on that hinder us from running the race that is set before us. And if God has a race that he has set before us or he has uh, given us a goal in our life or has a place for us to go and the ultimate goal is for us to go to heaven and when we get there have a reward waiting us. Amen. There's something there that is a reward for our obedience of the things that we've done in our body while we were here. Uh, That's the ultimate goal but there are many goals in between there and here. And so we want to be obedient to every goal that God has placed in our heart, everything that he has called us to do. We want to run our race with patience. And in order for us to do it with patience and endurance and be able to run our race and finish it and finish it strong, in order for us to do that, then we have to lay aside those things that distract us. Those things that we could uh, uh, so easily be distracted by that it hinders us from running. You know, many times people running their race in life in the natural, if you consider a natural race or foot race, running a race, uh, many times they lose their race because they lose momentum, because they lose focus, they're looking back. They're considering who's behind them and how close they are behind them and if perhaps they are gaining on them. And so they end up losing the race because they're looking back. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 said, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, you can't win your race by looking back. You can't win your race by looking at other people behind you. You can't... Win your race by looking at things that perhaps occurred in your life that would gain your attention and your focus and cause you to lose focus on Jesus. Come on. You can't let those things that have happened in your past hinder you from running your race in your future. And you can't win by looking in the rearview mirror. Praise God. You've got to look forward in life and you've got to trust God from here. I cannot relive life that has already occurred, but I can live life from here. I can live my life with faith in God and trusting God with my eyes focused on Jesus, who is the what? Author and the finisher of our faith. So rather than looking back, And being distracted and letting that become a weight to us that hinders us from running our race. We must look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And keep running your race with patience and endurance. And instead of being distracted by things around us. Because it's not always the things that are behind us that are hindering us. Sometimes it's the things that are in front of us. It may be the obstacles or the pressures that are in front of you. 
I used to run, uh, that was my mode of exercise, and uh, I would run daily, uh, usually six days a week, if, if, if possible. And so I would run every day, pretty much, except Sunday. And so I would run, and so I ran. I wasn't a fair weather runner. In other words, I ran every day, no matter what the weather was. And so sometimes it's windy in Las Vegas. You'd like the wind at your back. In other words, you'd like the wind at your back so that you can move forward easily. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's in front of you, and if you're going to make it home, you're going to have to face the wind. Either going or coming, you're going to have to face the wind. And so uh, you want uh, what they call in air, uh, air travel, you want a tailwind. You'd like to have a tailwind. Well, if you have a headwind, then that means you are hindered from moving forward and you usually go at a slower speed. And one time we were traveling in small aircraft and, and uh, we had a 180 mile an hour headwind. You stop for fuel more often. In other words, when there are challenges in life, there's headwind, there's things in front of you, then you might have to stop for a spiritual refilling. You might have to stop for another fill-up. You might uh, need some more time in the presence of God, a little extra time in the Word of God. So you have the strength and the momentum uh, to go forward and do what you're called to do. Run your race that God has set before you because God has a plan for you to succeed. I said, God has a plan for you to succeed. God has a plan for you to win your race. But in order for you to win your race, you got to delete some stuff. You got to download. You got to delete, 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 delete. It's just slowing down your activity. It's just slowing down your processing. It's just slowing down your race. So you need to delete some stuff off your computer, off your phone. You got to delete some stuff out of your mind. You got to delete some stuff out of your life. Why? Because you got a lot of extra baggage that is slowing down your process and your progress in life. So lay aside every weight. Somebody say every weight. every weight. Anything that is distracting you or hindering you from running your race, whether it's in front of you, it's to the right of you or left of you or behind you, you cannot afford to let those distractions hinder you from your forward motion and your progress in life. So again, verse 2 says, looking unto what? Jesus. Look into Jesus, who is the author and the what? Finisher of your faith. So Jesus is the author. He's the beginning of it, and he is the end. Jesus is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He's not uh, just the first. He's not just the last. He's the first and the last and the all in between. And so you can't just run your race effectively if you just start out looking at Jesus and, sit and then start looking back. You can't run your race effectively if you start out looking at Jesus and then start looking to your right or to your left. You you can't run your race effectively if you don't look to Jesus right in the middle of the storm and run right into the center of it. There are people that will fly right into the eye of the storm. 
to just get readings so that you know what is going on in that storm. It's happening right now off the coast of Florida. People fly right into the eye of the storm. Now, I didn't sign up for that job, but there are people that signed up for that responsibility and they will fly right into the eye of the storm because they're getting readings. They have the equipment to get readings to know what's happening in the storm so they kind of have an idea where it's going to track, what it's going to do, how strong the winds are. And so God went right into the middle of your storm. Hallelujah. Jesus. I said Jesus went right into the middle of your storm. And he's already gone before you. He knows every test. He's been tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. He knows every test, every trial. He knows every storm that's going to come to your life. And he's already got what it takes to get you through the storm. So if you're looking unto Jesus who is the author and the what? Finisher. In other words, you're going to finish your race and you're going to stay strong in the midst of your storm. And you're going to make it to the other side. Why? Because Jesus is with you and you're looking unto him. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. So if Jesus is with you and your eyes are on him, certainly you're looking at the promises of God. I said you're looking at the promises of God. Because his promises, his word, gives you clear understanding of who he is and what he will do in your life. Can you say amen? I'll give you another uh, translation of this verse, at least that first part. NIV says it this way. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let us fix our eyes. Now, sometimes someone has a little child or a baby or something, and people will come up, and they're trying to get the baby's attention, and they're trying to get them to turn their eyes toward them. But that baby's eyes are focused, or that child's eyes are focused, and they won't even pay attention to you. You can make all the noises, and they're just... Listen, the devil makes a lot of noise in your life. I said, the devil makes a lot of noise around you in your life. So you can't afford to let those distractions get your focus. Can't afford to lose your focus on Jesus. Fix your eyes. Everybody say, fix your eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over in Colossians chapter 3, it says this. It said, "Set set your affections on things above. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for you have died and your life is hid with Christ in God. Well, that word, uh, set your affections on things above, uh, one translation says, set your minds and keep them set. Because you can set your mind one time, and how many know your mind sometimes tends to wander? It tends to wander and wander. So you start wandering, you start wandering in your mind, getting distracted, thinking about this, thinking about that, and God is saying, you're in a race. Keep your focus. Stay focused. Hallelujah. On Jesus, stay focused on the promise of God. Fix your minds. Fix your minds. Fix your eyes. Hallelujah. On Jesus. The author and the perfecter of your faith. And keep it fixed. Yeah. 
And then Amplified Bible says, looking away from all that distracts to Jesus. Looking away from all that distracts to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Looking away from all that distracts. You know, to look at something, you got to look away from something. And that's a choice, isn't it? Looking away from all that distracts to Jesus. So when the distractions come, and they will come, when things happen in your life, and they will happen, it's so easy to let that weight become a weight to your life. It's so easy to let those thoughts clutter your mind. Right? So when your computer slows down, it's got all this stuff on it, you might need to delete something. Your phone slows down because it's got all this stuff swirling. Come on, you need to let it go. When your mind is so cluttered with stuff that you can't focus on Jesus, you might need to delete some things out of your thinking. In order to delete the things in your mind that are cluttering your mind and that are hindering your focus on Jesus, then you got to replace it with something. you got to replace it with the promise of God. While you're putting the word in, those negative thoughts and, and ideas and reasonings will begin to dissolve out of your mind. And then your eyes clear up, so to speak. You're able to see Jesus. You're able to see Jesus in the storm. You're able to see Jesus in the middle of your circumstance. You're able to see Jesus through it all. Hallelujah to Jesus. And he outshines it all. In other words, whatever's going on around you, the light of Jesus will shine into your heart and into your mind and give you a clear focus of Jesus and who he is and what he's doing and what he's going to do and what he's already done. Praise God. So while you're looking at Jesus, that other stuff becomes real dim. It loses its attraction so that you're not distracted by it. It loses its lure, if you will. Its pull on your soul. Its pull on your life. Looking unto Jesus who is a what? Author and the finisher. So looking away from all that distracts to Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Nay, he's given himself as an example to us. Our great example is Jesus. It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him. The reason you run in a race is so you can win the prize. Or you have this sense of accomplishment, right? That you actually did it. That you actually won the race. So as a believer, you're in a race in life. And so you want this sense of accomplishment 
of obedience to God that I served the Lord. I fulfilled my destiny. I arrived at my destination time and time again when God set before you a goal or set before you something that he had planned for your life and you fulfilled that one and you went ran that one and you ran the next one and you finished your race and you won the race and at the end of it all you went to heaven and you received the reward for all of your obedience that you did down here. Glory to God forever. Somebody ought to shout amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for the grace of God enabling us to face the pressures of life because there are plenty of them. And when those pressures come, you endure. You run your race with patience, with endurance. You're enduring like Jesus endured the cross. He despised the shame. Yet for the joy that was set before him, and actually my confidence is that really Jesus had you in mind when he was enduring the cross. You were the joy that was set before him. He was thinking of redemption. He was thinking of redeeming humanity. And he did all that he did. And he saw what it was going to accomplish in your life and my life and all of the human race's life. Anyone who would believe on Jesus. And so he was doing that and he had that joy set before him. He had that prize set before him. So he knew that if he did this, it was going to cause redemption to come. To human beings. Hallelujah. So he endured for the joy that was set before him. Verse 3. And for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Seeing Jesus as the example. He said consider him that endured such contradiction. Of sinners against himself. So in life there are many contradictions. There are things that contradict Jesus. And contradict the promises of God. They are against the promises of God. They say that the promises of God aren't working. And not going to work. And they're not going to be fulfilled in your life. In other words there are things in your life that dictate to you. That what Jesus said is not true. If you're distracted by them, then they hinder you from believing, hinder you from running your race, hinder you from accomplishing the good pleasure of God's will in your life, hinder you from fighting the good fight of faith because it's a distraction that tells you it's not working. So you lose your focus of Jesus and lose your focus of the promise of God because these contradictory circumstances that you're looking at are hindering your faith. So you got to look away from what you see in the natural. And you got to look unto Jesus that you don't see in the natural, but you do see in the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you a scripture in 2 Corinthians. It says, we look not, while we look not at the things which are what? Seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are what eternal in other words Jesus is eternal 
God's word is eternal. His promises are eternal. His promises are unchanging, unalterable. God will not change or alter the covenant that has gone out of his lips. So his word is good for eternity. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word is here to stay. And so God's word will never change. He will not change his word. He will not alter his covenant. His word is good. And God's promises are good to us all if we dare to believe them. And in the face of those contradictory circumstances, you can keep your focus on Jesus by keeping your focus on the Word of God. Hallelujah. So again, he said, consider Jesus that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint and faint in your minds. Hallelujah. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk, Isaiah says, and not faint. You'll rise up like the eagles. You'll soar above. Thank you, Jesus. Eagles are are one of my favorite. I'm not into pigeons. While the pigeons are on on the earth... Flying around, pecking at the poop. It's true. We have horses and they peck at the poop. Horses, poop. Here you got a pigeon pecking it. Seems nasty, doesn't it? We don't want to live around the pigeons. We want to soar with the eagles. Come on, somebody say, soar with the eagles. Listen, if your eyes are on Jesus, you can soar with the eagles. You can run and not get weary. You can walk and not faint. Listen, here in this case, he said, if you will consider Jesus and what he endured and the contradiction of sinners against himself, the adversity against him, then you will not faint when the pressure is on. I didn't say you would never feel like fainting. Right. I didn't say you'd never feel like getting weary and giving in to that weariness. But if you keep looking at Jesus, no matter how weak you feel, how weary you feel, Man, when the pressure's on, if you're running in a race, when you feel everything in your body telling you to quit, everything in your mind telling you to quit, you got to push beyond. you got to push past. You got to push past the feeling. You got to push past the emotion. You got to push past everything you're feeling, everything your mind wants to think at the moment. You got to say, No, I'm going to run this race and I'm staying with it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God forever. Glory to God forever. Somebody say, Jesus Jesus. is on my side. But he said, you will not get weary and faint in your minds if you consider Jesus, if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, we're going to go to chapter 1 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 says, but as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay or yes and no. Now, that could be confusing. If God was speaking to us and we're saying, sometimes yes, sometimes no. 
There's a lot of people that have that kind of philosophy or idea about God. He just says sometimes yes, sometimes no. Let's read the Bible here. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanius and Timotheus, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. King James says, yea, yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. Unto the glory of God by us. So he said, All of the promises of God in him are yes. So in other words, whatever God promised in his word, Jesus is the absolute yes to all the promises of God. His redemptive work in, in his sufferings on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection was the absolute guarantee that his word is good to you and me. He is the surety of a better testament. He is a guarantee of the promises of God. So God's word is yes. And if God said yes in Jesus, then the answer to your prayer is yes. And if God said yes in Jesus, the answer to his promise is yes. That God will do it every time, all the time, anywhere, for anyone, and you are included in that group. Hallelujah. So God has already declared a great big yes to all the promises of God. And what seems impossible is not impossible. It is possible with God, for all things are possible with God. Hallelujah. And all things are possible to those who believe. So instead of agreeing with the distractions that are on your right and on your left or perhaps behind you or in front of you, no matter what the adversity may be, thank God in the middle of your storm, Jesus said yes to the promise of God. Jesus says yes. That you can make it. Hallelujah. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you're an overcomer. Yes, you're more than a conqueror. Yes, all things are possible. Yes, through the promises of God. And it works. If you'll keep your focus on Jesus. Now, if you're going to keep your focus on Jesus, you're going to have to keep your focus on the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells you who you are in Christ. Revelation of Jesus. Is written in the Word of God. And so it tells you who you are in Christ. It tells you what you have in Christ. It tells you what you can do in and through Christ. So when you're looking at the Word of God, you're looking at the promises of God, then what God is doing is telling you what Jesus has done for you, what He's done in you, and what He's going to do through you. And if you dare to believe it, God will prove it out in your life. The key is keep looking. Keep your focus. Maintain your focus by looking at the Word or looking at the promise of God. Maintain your focus by then believing that Word of God. And every time your mind wants to wander, you got to get it back in line. Thirdly, think in line with the Word of God. Every time your mind starts to focus on something else other than the promise of God that is contradictory to the promise of God, that is against the promise of God, that is adversity adversity that says the promise isn't good. No, you just keep looking at the Word. You keep looking at the promise. You keep thinking about the promise. You keep believing the promise. And then you lift your voice and say the promise. 
promise. Hallelujah. You say the word. Say it again and again. Say it over and over. Say it until your mind says, okay. I got it. And then when when it says, I got it. Like, I'm getting a little tired of you saying it. You say, you keep saying it. And then after a while, it just, it's like settles in. Your mind settles into the reality of God's promise instead of letting your mind sink into despair and letting your mind sink into uh, the circumstances and that say you're not going to win in this situation. You're not going to come out so well in this situation. Thank God you're getting through this storm too. Amen? Matthew chapter 14, please. In Matthew chapter 14, this is a good example, I think, of when you have to press through some things or you have to resist the distractions. You have to look away from the things that distract and keep your eyes focused on Jesus. It's the story of Peter walking on the water, Jesus walking on the water. Let's go to verse 22 in Matthew chapter 14. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So Jesus gave him a clear directive. I want you to get in the ship, go to the other side, I'll meet you over there. Right? Verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come... He was there alone with the Father, in the presence of the Father. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. So he's got this contradictory thing going on. The wind was contrary. It was contrary to what? It was contrary to them getting to the other side. It was contrary to them accomplishing what Jesus has just told them to do. Get in the ship, go to the other side. Jesus is praying. He's in the Father's presence. Sees the wind is contrary. So Jesus does something about it. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So Jesus was willing to go right in the middle of their storm. Just like those people that fly into the eye of the storm. What are they doing? They're going through the adversity. They are checking things out. But Jesus has already been in the storm before. Jesus has suffered all the contradiction of sinners against himself. Jesus has been in every storm. Praise God. In your life, he's already been in every storm. He was tempted like as we are yet without sin. He went all the way to the cross. He suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself. He went to the cross. He suffered everything that you could ever suffer in life. And he's already experienced all the pain that you would ever experience. And so he and he alone can take you through every storm that you're facing in your life. So here Jesus, he walks right in the middle of their storm. He's not afraid of your adversity. He knows how to win against it. So he gets in there. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Why? Because they didn't recognize Jesus. Obviously, they have lost their focus. Where's Jesus when we need him? But here Jesus is in their sights, and they think it's a spirit. They cried out for fear. They're afraid. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. When you're in the middle of a storm, you want to know Jesus is there. 
So Jesus consoles them. He said, be of good cheer. Cheer up. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it's you, bid me to come on the water. And that's a pretty bold request. Remember, the winds are contrary. The waves are already up. It didn't just start when Peter got out of the boat. The winds are contrary. Tossed with the waves. The ship is tossed with the waves. Now Peter says, if it's you, Lord, just bid me come to you on the water. And he said, come. Jesus didn't stand out there and say, Peter, you can do it. Peter, you can make it. I believe in you, Peter. Come on, Peter. No, he said one word. Wouldn't have been anything wrong with him doing all the other, but there's no indication that he did. He just simply said, come. That's all Peter asked. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, just bid me come. He said, okay, come. Let's do this. All right, so Peter gets out of the boat based on one word from God. One word from God can change your life forever if you dare to believe one word from God. So he just believed that one simple word, come. So Peter, it says, he came down out of the ship and walked on the water to go to Jesus based on one word from God. Every step was based on one word. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. Now what happened? Here's Peter. The winds were already up. The waves were already tossing the ship. Peter got out of the boat when this was going on. He stepped into the water. He walked on the water. But then he saw. What was he missing before? His focus was different. It was already windy. It was already waves up. It was already tossing the ship. But his focus got on Jesus. His focus got on the word that came from Jesus. And when his focus was on Jesus and his eyes were set on him, what? Looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Where does your faith come from? A word from God. Hallelujah. The word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And he said, one word, come. And Peter gets out of the boat boldly, walks on the water to Jesus, but then he lost his focus. He got distracted. He got distracted by the waves. He got distracted by the wind. He got got distracted by the adversity. As long as he looked to Jesus and kept his eyes on the prize, kept his eyes on the word, as long as he looked to Jesus, then he was able to walk on the water. But as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the circumstances, he began to sink. How many know when you start looking at circumstances mentally, you began to sink? Emotionally, you began to sink. Physically, you began to sink. But thank God he didn't sink. He cried out while it was sinking. Jesus, save me. Lord, save me. Jesus compassionately raised him up. And he did what? He walked back to the boat. Are you with me? So he got his focus back on Jesus. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So what you see can cause you to doubt. 
When you're looking at Jesus, your faith is high. When you're looking at the word, your faith stays strong. He says, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. In other words, Peter and Jesus took another walk. Even if you began to sink in the middle of your storm, if you'll get your eyes back on Jesus, you'll finish your walk of faith. Hallelujah. You'll finish your walk, and you'll accomplish your goal. You will be able to get back to the ship, so to speak. If the adversity is in front of you, thank God the winds were still there on the way out and on the way back. So he had the face of his adversity even though he's already sunk. You understand? He still had to face the adversity. But he faced it looking to Jesus. And if you face your adversity looking to Jesus, you'll make it back. Hallelujah. To the boat. When they got back to the boat, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship, the people that are watching. There's always somebody watching to see if you're going to make it. There's always somebody watching. They weren't willing to get out of their comfort zone. They weren't willing to get out of their boat. They weren't willing to get out of their restricted place. But they're watching to see if you make it. But thank God, if your faith is in Jesus and you're looking unto Jesus, you're going to make it. And when it's all said and done, you'll still be there. Hallelujah. And the grace of God is going to get you through every storm that you face. The face of God is on you. Hallelujah. His eyes are on you. If his eyes on the sparrow, I can tell you, he's watching over you. God cares for you and he's going to get you through the storm thank you Jesus hallelujah so when the wind is contrary hallelujah when the waves are contrary when the adversity is contrary to the promise of God hallelujah the promise will get you through when your circumstances are contrary When people's opinion, that they're watching you, contrary. Not everybody's cheering you on. There's somebody in heaven cheering you on. There's a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. There's some people around you that'll cheer you on, but not everybody is your cheerer. Not everybody's saying, you can make it. You can do this. You're going to get there. You're going to get to the other side. See, the journey was not over. Jesus said, go to the other side. Listen, if you'll stay with Jesus and Jesus gets in your boat, you will get to the other side. If you'll keep your focus on Jesus, you'll get to the other side of your problem, of your issue, of your challenge, of your test. You're going to get to the other side and it'll be a testimony to the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God that tells other people if you made it I can make it too if you did it I can get through if you did it I believe God will do it for me if he did it for anybody he'll do it for me I believe God that he is faithful and good and the goodness of God is going to take you through your storm and make you a testimony to the grace of God If God be for you, who or what can be against you? So let me encourage you today. Don't look to the right or left. Don't look behind you. But look straight into the face of Jesus. Straight into the Word of God. 
faithfully look to him who is the author and the finisher of your faith and he that started it will also finish it if he said do it he'll get you through it hallelujah if he said do it he'll get you through it and he'll get you to the other side and you'll reach your destiny you'll reach your destination and you will fulfill the will of God hallelujah and your life will be a testimony to the goodness of God, the grace of God. How did they get through? <laughs> they kept looking at Jesus. Hallelujah. I said they kept looking at Jesus. They kept looking to the promise of God. 